Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to this very special holiday episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach Riddle. I'm here with Laura Heck. Um, today, we're talking about the holidays. Um, I think we're all going to get to, say, January 1st or 2nd and look back and go, oh, man, that was great. Or maybe we'll go, oh, gosh, that was really hard. That was really challenging. Um, there are lots of ways that you can uh, screw up this time that is emotionally loaded and busy and uh, comes with all kinds of expectations. And so we're going to talk about how you can do that and maybe uh, how you can do the opposite, how you can get to January and go, hey, I'm really proud of us. Yay us. Um, that's always the goal. All I want for Christmas is about 30 new Instagram followers. I'm beginning to think that Operation Blue Check is a little bit of a fantasy, but uh, this is the season of hope. I think 30 gets us to 1500, which would be kind of cool. Um, so if you're not yet following us, please do that at Marriage Therapy Radio. In the meantime, this is a very cool conversation. Stick around. I've just had a heck of a, I think a month and it's been like lots of things to celebrate. It's interesting because I was pulling together photographs. I've been off of social media for a long time. Then I decided to come back on and just do like a big dump of pictures. And it was really interesting because I was like, Hey, here's the last four months. And it was amazing. Like it literally, I've had like an amazing four months of, did you see the pictures that I posted? Did I see your pictures? Yeah. No, I don't. You're not on social media. I'm on. Well, I, I when I post on Facebook, just privately, but um, oh, no, way, I don't follow was, anybody. Okay, you just all right. I follow no one. I literally unfollowed everyone except for two people that I actually care about what they think. Sorry, I know oh. that, that I, I, but it's like you said, kind of harsh. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, the two people. Will you tell me? No. All right. Well, they know. I hope one of them's. I hope one of them is your wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't follow her either. <laughs> or I, either of your children. I know all of her stuff. I get it in real life. I don't need it on the on the internet. Yeah. On the no, gram. I don't follow either of my children either. Yeah. I can't. Either handle, way, I think I, I think what I'm getting stuff. at is that um, you know I've been really bogged down, especially this last week. It's the like mm-hmm. finals week, and I've been really tired. Oh, and yeah, doing workshops, and people around me are like struggling with COVID and it's just been a, and you know, we've got father-in-law stuff going on. Um, it's just been a, a week, but then I went back and I looked at all the pictures of the last four months and they were, it's stunning. And sometimes we just need a big smack in the face of realization that even though it's been a tough week, it's been a glorious four months. And that was really helpful for me. Okay. Yeah. That's all I had to say about that. There's usually more going on. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, the negative outweighs the positive five to one, 20 to one, whatever it is. It's like, you're, yeah. it's just easier to appreciate that, the that things are hard than it is to appreciate that things are actually trending in a, in a, maybe a good direction or, or not even trending just that there's, that there is also beauty out there. I think that's, I, I get that. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. today I'm, I'm like all bundled up in my sweatshirt and my cap. Yeah. You look like an 18 year old that would get pulled over. And I live in like my garage cause my kitchen is, 
being remodeled and I, and I'm all black and gross. And you're like, you're like an ice princess. You're, you're like <laughs> in your white sweater with your, <laughs> your makeup done and your blonde hair. We're, we're like total opposites. Do you think Jason ever looks at the video of us? No. Like, no, he probably no. just listens to us, huh? Yeah. What's the princess from the never ending story? Cause if I had a pretty little dangly thing on my forehead, I think I would look like the you princess. You would kind of look right like her. And that actually, that's an interesting one. Uh, the whole thing about the princess from the never ending story is that she doesn't have a name until she gets one at the very end. And I, what is it? You remember I what don't remember. I don't remember. I'm sure our listeners are like yelling it. They know that. Well, here's the thing in the movie, it's intentionally obscured. He gives her a name. He screams it out the window into the wind and you can't hear it. I'm sure it's in the, I'm sure in the book that there's actually a name, but I've always thought that was pretty fascinating that he gives her this name at the end, but you, but but as a kid, I never knew what it was. I just knew that that was what had to happen, that she had to have a name. Hmm. And I think that's important. I think actually, I think naming things is important. I can go on on this forever. I think that's why, Yeah. Um, like, even if you come up into Harry Potter, right, the whole thing about Voldemort is he, he who should not be named. Right. Yeah, because they don't want to give him power. Right. And that's actually the thing that makes him scary. And I yes. was like, and then Harry's the first one who's like, nope, mm-hmm. him and Dumbledore, like, we're going to call it. We're going to call him by his name because then he starts to diminish his power. You know how I don't like know about star Wars. I don't watch, I don't follow any of those storylines. I'm actually, I do remember, so, I do remember that. So pumped that I know this Harry Potter storyline only because my son just finished book four. He came out the other day at nine. I promise we're going to talk about something other than our lives, but this is Zach and I haven't seen each other for a couple weeks, but he came out after reading in his room quietly for, I don't know, an hour and a half. I didn't even realize he was awake and he, and he slams the big hard book on the floor and he goes, finished it. My six-year-old. It was <laughs> hilarious. Uh, okay. Hey, by the way, um, our friend or your friend, Craig, who's listening right now, Craig Smith, who yeah. listens to the podcast religiously. He's going to Disneyland next week and he's going to find your ding dang map. Oh, did he? Did he text you? Yeah, he, he contacted me privately. He said, I'll find your map, buddy. Don't worry That's about so it. That's so awesome. Craig's phenomenal. <laughs> okay, I have to tell you something because you mentioned something about naming. And I just started watching this series on Netflix that Uh-oh. is, um, I think it would be really interesting actually for our listeners to check it out. If you're looking for something that's like sex and relationship related, it, I think it's called like sex, maybe love and goop. So it's uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's goop. She started off with like a sort of a story and then or like a show. And then it evolved into just talking about love and sex. And they bring on these couples. And there's this one couple where the dynamic is that she's she's a critical partner, female, who's pretty stinking dominant. But that's not what she wants in the relationship, specifically with a sexual relationship. And one of the things that they do is they actually practice like standing in this pose And he practices standing like big and tall and proud because the dynamic that they get into is sort of like this like naughty boy who's in trouble with like the domineering mom. And that's obviously not sexy. So they reverse it. And then she has them rename themselves as their sexual beings because they're obviously kind of in this dynamic in a relationship. And it's, you know, it works for them, I guess. But what she said is rename yourself when you're being sexual and intimate and erotic with one another. And I actually totally digged that concept of how do you want to show up? Because sometimes we show up totally different in our sexual lives than we show up in our marriages where, you know, like I'm a pretty strong, 
uh, female force, but then maybe I like to be like more meek. And so I would choose a name that would help me kind of get into character and ground me in that character. I was, I was kind of like wondering. What would be your meek name? Um, I'm actually not very meek in the bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, um, it, I, I'm not, I, I think that the opposite but, would but, be but, but you want it to be meek. Like what would you, you're like, Hey, I want to be, um, um, like Daisy, Daisy oh. might be like a sweet <laughs> meek name or like a, a Lynn as a middle name, like a Tara Lynn. All the daisies out Tara there Lynn. are throwing up in their mouth right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, you were, you were just talking about naming and I do think that there's power in naming and helping us to create these characters. And for me, I think that sexuality around is like around playing and embodying something. And in order to do that, naming seems really stinking important. Yeah, totally. I mean, and this could go on forever. We could have a whole topic, which I don't think that's what we're intending to do, but I told you about the couple that I had that they have like about a half a dozen, like super bizarre names for each other. Um, that help them orient how they're talking to each other. And it's been a while since I've seen them, but it's stuff like, it's stuff like Mr. Doodle Pants. Like, I'd oh. like to talk to Mr. Doodle Pants, please. And that's when okay. they play, that's when they go into play or, or he he might say, hey, can I hang out with Daisy tonight? And that would be his sign that he wants mm-hmm. to like be Get the dom this evening me. or like, but it's weird. They have, but it totally works for them. And it kind of goes into that thing that I've talked about a hundred times, which is the idea of you got to know who you're talking to. Right. You yeah. Know? Like, um, and they just have very specific, very bizarre, um, but very effective labels for kind of Mm -hmm. how they want to show up in a conversation or in a, probably in the, maybe in the bedroom or just, Mm -hmm. um, Rebecca and I have been doing this a lot lately too, because like I said, we've been in this kind of remodel project and, um, we've just had to like a whole bunch of times be like, not my lane, right? This is your lane. Like you're the project manager of that part, like. And so I'll go, I think you should do this, that, or the other thing. And she's like, "Mm." and I'm like, Mm -hmm. right, not my lane. Right. Okay. Bye. (laughs) That's that's great. You're realizing that. You know that Zach and I are huge fans of getting support. And that is why we have partnered with BetterHelp to put you in contact with licensed professional counselors in your area. Tap into the world's largest network of licensed, accredited, and experienced counselors who can help you with a range of issues, including depression, anxiety, trauma, grief, relationships, and more. With BetterHelp's counselors, you get the same professionalism and quality that you would expect from an in-office counselor. With the ability to communicate when and how you want, whether it be messaging, through the phone, or video conferencing. The matching process is quick but thorough. Look, I know that a lot of therapists are booked out and difficult to get into, but don't let that stop you from getting the support that you need. The cost is less than half of what Zach and I charge, which is kind of unheard of. And when you register with BetterHelp, you are supporting Marriage Therapy Radio. Go to trybetterhelp.com MTR. So it's trybetterhelp.com forward slash MTR to register with BetterHelp. T-R-Y-B-E-T-T-E-R, help, H-E-L-P.com forward slash M-T-R, and you receive a special discount as a Marriage Therapy Radio listener. Okay, well, let's talk about hard transition, hard turn, because we did come into this conversation with an intention to talk about the holidays, which um, just, you know, if like people are kind of wondering where we're at. Can I read um, it? I'm going to read it what is it today? Like the 16th of December. And this will come out next week where a lot of people tend to take like the whole week off if they're 
that it's pretty button. it's pretty wild like it just in terms of like how kind of tunnel vision you get during the holidays i'm like hey laura we should talk about the holidays they're coming up and by the time and it's like it's already december the 16th this will come out on like december the 21st and yeah. it's like hey, no they're here about they're, the like, almost, they're like they're almost over yeah <laughs> anyway um we have a friend you have a friend we have a friend on the mm-hmm. facebook her name is Tasia. and she said y'all should do a podcast on the holidays I said y'all. I said y'all in a southern accent because I know I liked it. It was actually quite endearing. It with an apostrophe. Y'all should do a podcast on the holidays, navigating the triggers that could come up, and how to hold space for where you're both struggling in different ways while also holding space for yourself. Yeah. Mm, I was like, could you be my therapist, please, Tasia? Because I think this is going to be a thing. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, and I, I was kind of like, hey, let's do a podcast on like. So this wait, you were saying this is our hard transition toward we're going to talk about the holidays. Yeah, this is yeah, it. Yeah. We're transitioning. Thank you, Tasia, for helping us make that transition. Yeah, we appreciate that. <laughs> I kind of wanted to just talk about like, hey, what are the five ways to really screw your holiday up with your partner? I mean, oh, I think that would be kind of fun. Good news is there's only five. Yep, only five. <laughs> if you can like navigate around those five, then I think you're going to win win your holidays. Well, okay. Can I go first? Please. Uh, <laughs> number one. Number, number one. Number one. I think I think it is to uh, well I think the thing that makes the holidays harder for uh, most people in my office that that the conversations I'm having right now is they don't really know what the holidays mean. Um, somehow there's this like thing that gets clicked for them as they come into this season, and they go, "This is what the holidays are," and it's all because of muscle memory they have and expectations that they built through their family of origin and through, um, you know, past experiences, some of which may have been really lovely and some of which may even have been traumatic. And they haven't done any real sort of investigative work around what that means for them and what they want to keep mm-hmm. and what they want to keep. So I think part of it is you just come in and you're, you're sort of, um, you just sort of have this set of expectations in your mind that you're not sharing. So I guess maybe that's, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that's one A and one B is one is you don't really know what your expectations are. And two mm-hmm. is if you do know you're not sharing what they are in a way that's actually helpful. I find mm-hmm. this out every single year because I get a Christmas card from somebody. It's usually the same people. But as soon as I open it, I just start crying. I just start weeping because wow. I spent Christmas with this family every single year of my life when I was a kid. And it was a big deal. It was like Christmas Eve. There were five children, four adults. Christmas Eve, we were at our house. Christmas Day, we were at their house. And it was this just sort of big, sort of systemic type of celebration that doesn't exist in my adult life anymore. And so yeah. I, I go, Oh, Oh, wait, this is what Christmas is. And then maybe I freak out for half a day. Yeah. And wait, why do you freak out? I start to like get mad at my, my, my current life because I don't have that sort of consistent mm-hmm. sort of culture for my kids or for myself, you know? And yeah. I just kind of go, everybody needs to, take care of me now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and it doesn't work because nobody knows. I mean, my wife is down to it now. She's like, Oh, here comes the, <laughs> here comes the, the Christmas card. We here, just got a big here comes the Barrett's them. card, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? It's like, mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, mm-hmm. so I think, okay. So if I were looking for the five ways, I would say number one, a, and number one B is you're not as dialed in, uh, to your own story. And part B, you haven't, necessarily share that story in a way that helps you create the third story. And the third story is, of course, 
what she brings and what he brings or what partner A brings, what partner B brings, and then how do they create thing C? Yeah. You know? Hmm. Okay. By the way, did you get my Christmas card? I did. It was really it's lovely. It's my first time ever sending out a Christmas card. I don't want you to think that you made the cut this year and you didn't make it the past years. I've oh, just that's never sent a card out. That's very sweet. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it did. It'll probably go on our new fridge. Yeah. I haven't gotten your card. You usually write like a pretty solid two pager. Yeah. No, my card, my Christmas card's pretty famous. Like if people are like, when is it, when are we getting Zach's card? Yeah. Cause I write, I don't mess around. I write like a real, a real Christmas letter. Um, yeah. we, uh, my homework assignment is to have it ready for envelopes by Sunday. So it's, um, Ooh. it's, it's actually kind of on my agenda for today. Okay. Finish yeah. it. I've, I'm, I'm about 80% totally. of the way done. Yeah. Uh, number reason number two or way number two to totally blow your holidays a little bit around. So I, I think I've talked in past, like, if you know, I'm not very good about gifts. I think that having designated mm. times where everybody exchanged gifts is just like a load of crap. Uh, <laughs> I also think <laughs> I remember we had this conversation when I was at your house, we were talking about how we were coming into the holiday season and it's happening on my end too. And it's uh -huh. sort of this idea that we should just all give each other $30 bills. Yes. Well, like, why don't we just, just trade thinking. $30 bills? By the way, $30 bills don't exist. I invented them for this oh. ridiculous Christmas tradition. But mm -hmm. um, Okay. Yeah. But go ahead. You were talking but about. The reason why it frustrates me and really like turns me in a knot is that I am not someone who is like, that's not my love language. And I, I think mm -hmm. um, something that. I, uh, one way to really blow the holidays is if you're not paying attention, like this is a, a time, at least in my mind, like going back to number one, what do I think? Like, what is the holiday season about? For me, it's a time of being present with one another um, and celebrating our, our love and our commitment and our union and our whatever you want to call it, but like with people that I love and having a good time. That to me sounds like someone whose love language is quality time. Personally, that I mean, the way that I like conceptualize the holidays, some people might say, oh, the holiday season is like a really great time to like buy super cool gifts for each other to really express how much you love one another. OK, so then quality that it's not quality time, it's more gift giving. I'm just thinking about if you want to screw the holiday season up, then don't focus. Don't focus on your partner's love language. Do what you want to do. Like get really tunnel visiony on what, how you're going to create holiday for you rather than thinking about the people around you and what might be special and unique for them. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, no, not at all. In fact, I'm going to okay. try and see if I understand what you mean. I think <laughs> yeah. what you just said was if you want to enjoy the holidays, be very selfish. Yes. Oh. Well, no, I mean, okay. if you want to screw the holiday season up, be very selfish. Uh. So one of the ways you can blow up your holiday That's right. is by being very selfish. I'm trying to reverse engineer this, make it interesting, but it's just making it confusing. Well, listen, let's talk, let's talk about, I mean, I think you're right. I think there is something about trying to understand that in a season where gift giving is a big thing, you have to still maintain an awareness of what, what your and other people's love languages are. You can't yeah. get swept up in this stuff. Right. You right. can't just get swept up in this stuff. I did have a very, uh, it wasn't painful for me. It was painful for them. Conversation with clients a couple of days ago about, you know, he makes a lot of money. She doesn't. And so he will buy a gift that's cost, say a thousand dollars and that, and then she has this 
thing that she takes on in her brain, which is this idea that she has to find a gift for a thousand dollars, but that costs right. her 10 times what it costs him. Right. And so I was just like, Oh guys, can we level the playing field here for a second? Like, uh-huh. um, you know, $10 for you is the same as a thousand dollars for you. So the, the, I think one of the ways you could blow it up perhaps is to get into these like sort of false equivalencies mm-hmm. where somehow we measure love through gift giving, particularly if you can measure kind of like say that maybe the quality or the, the, the value of the gift when, yeah. when maybe the best thing you can give your partner is an hour by themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, um, an hour alone with you, at, yeah. you know, at, at the movies, like, or whatever. Yeah. So again, I think one of the ways you can blow up your holidays, particularly in a seat in a holiday where gift giving is a thing is to somehow prioritize the gift. Yeah. 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 Prioritize that over all else, because that is the primary focus when really it could be expanded so much more. I mean, I kind of think about how do you know what your, this is going back to getting a little more um, in, in tune with what the intention of the holiday is, is like, what do you remember about the holidays? It was really special. Mm-hmm. And if you're thinking back and you're like, man, I just freaking loved getting presents for people. That made mm-hmm. me feel so good. And not only that, but I loved having the surprise of opening a present that somebody got me and having really like feeling like really known by them. Um, or, you know, is it, you know, playing games around the table that for me, that's what the holiday is. is like really that quality time piece of playing games with like the extended family. You don't get to see very often and just having just really good times with them. Yeah. I, um, I'm, uh, uh giving gifts is in my love language. It's one of my love languages. I love giving gifts. And so, been taunting my my family for the last couple of weeks, which is, I, I'm, I keep telling them I'm crushing Christmas, which I am. I I'm giving a gift this year that I think the gap between how much joy I'm going to have in giving the gift and how little it's going to be appreciated, gonna it's going to be it's going to be uh, it's vast. It's like uh-huh. it's so vast, but I'm so excited about it. I'm also this person, which is nobody knows how to buy me gifts, so I buy my all my own gifts, and then. Yeah everyone is surprised by what I get. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're like, what did I give you? And I was like, this is what you gave me. <laughs> yeah. The experience of the joy that I had of having you receive a present from me on your doorstep and then mm-hmm. having you quickly tell me that that was not a good gift. Um, oh, I, it was really I, sad. I don't think that's how that went down exactly, but um, I, I do remember that gift and I, uh, oh, I, I know why that was you. Well, you gave that to me in order to piss me off. No, no, no. Yes. Um, I was like, I'm giving up sugar. And you're like, here's a bunch of Oreos. (laughs) That is what happened. So (laughs) it was so cool, though. It was very clever. It was very clever. I bought every every flavor of Oreo and I had them delivered to Zach's house. And it was it was like 12 boxes of Oreos and every one of them with a different flavor. And I thought it was really a cool gift. I've been thinking about that. It was a very, very clever gift. And I really did appreciate the thoughtfulness that you went into to somehow screw up my giving up sugar plan. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. If you want to blow up the holidays, give people gifts that are directly contrary to their stated objectives and goals. (laughs) Okay. How to blow up the holidays. Number three. Here's, here's one way. Um, we all have turn. coping mechanisms. Isn't it my turn? Mm, you no, got to talk a lot. I'm going to go ahead and introduce <laughs> this one. <laughs> Is that with the holidays, if you have kids at home, 
maybe you are, I mean, there's just like a lot of reasons why people get really stressed out around the holidays. And a lot of it has to do with having nuclear families and extended families joining together, added travel time, uh, the more spending that can be really stressful when you are expected to spend more money and you have to spend more money, travel, COVID. I mean, there you name it, there are stressors that are happening. You really want to blow up the holidays. Take your coping skill of numbing out to a whole nother level. Just really numb yourself to, to the extent where you are just a non-participant in life. And there's lots of ways to numb out. Uh, alcohol is obviously a really popular one, alcohol or marijuana, um, taking, you know, prescription pills to numb out, but there's also other ways like checking out and being on your phone, like being a massive scroller or watching Netflix for endless hours, video gaming. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I think I'm, I'm having to kind of continue to wrap my head around the fact that we're talking about what not to do. Um, (laughs) but yes, a very good thing to not do is to sort of, uh, dissociate. Um, and there's lots of reasons to do that. And this is obviously a time that people, you know, you combine as well, like the weather and, Mm -hmm. um, and some of the, maybe the gloomier sides of this season for people, it's really easy to sort of resort to a very socially acceptable kind of, uh, certainly alcohol. Um, with all the parties and the in-laws, <laughs> like, uh, mm-hmm. that's a, yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah. so yeah, I think, I think it's really important to sort of maintain a sense of like, if we get to the other side of this thing and we feel good about it, ideally we've been present. Right. And so yeah. tr- trying to stay present, um, can be a chore. And I think if you need to find ways to sort of take care of yourself or take care of your family, um, that's really important because, mm particularly if you're just sort of checking out from what feels like something that should be meaningful. Um, it's a really good way to ruin a day, an afternoon, a season. Um, and I think that, I think sometimes you can take turns, right? Like we're going to this party Saturday night and I, I mean, it's going to be really hard for me. Um, cause I'm an introvert and I don't really like holiday parties and oh, I'm an introvert and, and I like, you know, I haven't, I haven't had a drink in like over a year now. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to this party with a lot of people that I don't know in a setting that I'm unfamiliar with and I'm not going to drink and it's going to be really challenging. Right. So part of what has to happen is Rebecca and I have to go in with a plan. Right. Right. Uh, about, about how I can stay present and how she can help me and how I can, you know, help her. And I have to put on <laughs> back to our naming things. I have to put on a little bit of a, co- a little bit of a costume. Right. Mm-hmm. I got to put on like Zach, you the cheery charming. guy, yeah. <laughs> you know? the charming um, guy, the one that people want to talk to a party. I know. Or maybe I'll, maybe I'll try Daisy out be like, hello. Hi. <laughs> What's your name? I think finding ways to, to, to cope with your stress and strain, mm-hmm. particularly if there are ways that you can partner with one another about um, would be the opposite of sort of, being stressed or strained and choosing to opt out through, you know, substances or your phone or through actually just not being around, you know, the worst thing I could do is tell Rebecca, yeah, you can just go to the party without me. Yeah. That'd be fine. Have a good time. I'll be home with my Peloton instructors having a a happy holiday. Uh, By Uh, the way, I'm doing a, I'm doing my 400th ride today. So I'm I'm looking for a shout out. Yeah. That's nuts. I'm excited. Yeah. That's why I have to be done early so I can, up on my bike. Wow. 400 is a lot. Hey, yeah. um, do we have two more? 
What is it? What if it was a three ways too? Well, we had three, but I'm just kind of thinking like, how else can you blow the holidays around this season? Well, uh, this is, this is a, this is one that I think we've been noticing, uh, year over year, but, and it's hard to understand how to analyze this kind of in the podcast realm, but, um, the week after Christmas, I get a ton of calls. Um, I get a lot of like, like on the 26th, 27th of, yeah. of December, I get a lot yeah. of incoming. So something's going to happen, right? There's some kind of like blow up that occurs around the holidays. Yeah. Um, maybe because people are doing what we're telling them not to do. Maybe. We're, 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 maybe. we're telling them to do, <laughs> to blow up their holidays. But there's something about, I think, appreciating that this is in fact a loaded time. Um, and that slow and steady wins the race here. Like if your relationship is on the rocks or in trouble, there are a lot of, there are a lot of things that are going to sort of poke at that over the next, particularly over the next 10 days or so, um, maybe 10, 20 days or so. Um, but you know, Halloween counts and Thanksgiving counts again, it's sort of like, Oh, let's talk about the holidays. But, um, and the rare, and the, and the interesting thing is that, um, it's affairs, affairs become known. Uh -huh. sort of right after Christmas. And, mm -hmm. um, I think that there's something about everybody kind of leaning into what family means and what, what we mean and how to make meaning. Mm -hmm. And that's when the cracks start to show. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, sometimes they're years, decades old, you know, but for whatever reason we get into storytelling mode, yeah. um, or maybe truth telling, maybe too, maybe too truth telling mode or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think just be careful and be tender with your story over the next couple of days and weeks because, um, you know, slow and steady does win the race. It's one of my, it's one of my mantras. It's interesting. Cause I think this is correlating a little bit to something that we had already shared, which is, um, I think that there are seasons and times when you can take on the tough stuff in your relationship. You have the capacity, mm. either the mental capacity or you have like the, emotional bandwidth to be able to take on tougher stuff with your partner. And so that's the season where you might decide we're going to go to therapy and we're going to unearth some hard, mm. hard stuff. And then there's also seasons in your life. Maybe a season might be the holidays where you're getting together with extended family. Um, you're a little more vulnerable to old triggers that come up when you're with extended family or old triggers that come up when you're in this season of life. Yeah, that totally. So I, I think kind of two things I'm thinking about is number one, this might be a time to look at your partner and say, let's go ahead and just be gentle with each other for the next 10 days. Mm -hmm. Like this is going to be tough. Um, I'm already recognizing that I'm anticipating not having the bandwidth or the emotional intelligence or the emotional capacity to be able to manage stuff. And so I really would love to just, I'm not asking you to walk on eggshells. But I'm asking for us to just be gentle with one another, point out the things that are going well, and let's just decide that we're not going to take on big stuff as a couple. And yeah. part, part of that sort of recognition of let's be gentle in this season with one another is also having that conversation of let's protect and honor one another's enduring vulnerabilities so that when I see that there is potential for one of those sort of enduring vulnerabilities to get poked or un- uh, like revealed, I'm there to support you. It's almost like, let's be gentle and let's support one another when we're in the chaos of other people, maybe not being aware that we're being gentle right now and protecting each other. Right. Um, yeah. I feel like I'm just getting warmed up because I'm like, Oh yeah. 
Because there's, I mean, a few things that I want to say uh, about kind of in this zone, and I, I don't know if we're still on the one through five or whatever, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> That's right. I we think, never, um, we start with a structure and we always derail. <laughs> it's fine. Um, we did that, by the way, on Scary Mommy. Did you notice? She was like, let's do the five conversations. And then it was yeah. like screeching up at the end. And she's like, okay, forget it. We're doing this other thing now. And I was like, okay. <laughs> One of the four horsemen we get through two. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but I think uh, two things, right? One is, you guys, you already know what's going to be hard about this. If you look back at the last five, six Christmases or holiday seasons, you already know when you go to that one party, the business part, the, the, the holiday work party, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or when you guys go to your, the, his in-laws for Christmas, for like yeah. Christmas Eve dinner or what you already know where you're going to mm -hmm. have a hard time, like mm -hmm. be a badass and, and prepare, like yeah. get, get ahead of it. You know, mm -hmm. um, even if at the work party, he always drinks too much, just go, okay, we know this is the night you always drink too much. So right. let's just, I'm going to like t turn on my grace meter and, um, make sure that we <laughs> put grace some, meter or whatever it is. I'm going to turn on, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be especially mm -hmm. genial, you know, yeah. or especially aware, or I'm going to just be absolutely be the designated driver, or we're just going to absolutely whatever. And I don't mean to like hyper-focus on that, but it's like, you already know where you're going to run into trouble. So right. just do the work in advance of yeah. kind of preparing yourself and having a grace. Yes. Having grace for yourself in this season. Yeah. Um, and then of course, you know, when we started before we got on, I was remember, Oh yeah. No, duh. I mean, this is a period where you generally have to interact with your in-laws more than you do. Yeah. Um, and of course they're bringing all their hopes and dreams and fears about the holidays and what their expectations are and yeah. their judgments and everything else. Like you're, it's this giant collision of personas and, and expectations. And I think one way that you can destroy the holidays is for you to choose to prioritize sort of your family of origin uh, over your, no. your new, like your unit. Your, your, your current family unit. I mean, what I mean by your family of origin, like when you start to say, I really need to take care of my mom. I really need to take care of my mom at your expense. Yeah. That can be problematic versus saying, Hey, this is one of those seasons where we, we kind of need to pay attention to my mom and wow. kind of adapt to her need and make sure that we like, cause that's going to help me feel less related. If we have that conversation around how to, how do we manage our in-laws? Yeah. Um, so yeah, like okay. I said, I just, Sorry Can I clarify that. something? Because yes. I, I don't think this is a one size fits all approach of us saying you need to prioritize your nuclear family, your partner, your kids over your family of origin, or you need to prioritize your family of origin, your, your in-laws and all of that. Yeah. I think what we're saying is have that, that agreement and that conversation and be aligned. That's all we're saying. Yeah, totally. This might be totally. a time where you say, Hey, you know what? These holidays are all about honoring our elders. Like I, I know that in like a lot of like maybe Thanksgiving, yeah. um, it's all about going to grandma's house. This is about grandma having all of her kids, all of her grandkids, having that big family photo. Like Thanksgiving is about grandma. And if you go into Thanksgiving or Christmas or, or Hanukkah or any of that with uh, where you're not aligned, that's where you're going to experience friction as a couple. And so it's like, just pick one. What are we doing? Yeah. Who's the priority here? I totally agree with you hundred percent. And I think that conversation is prioritizing your, your family, your nuclear family. It is prioritizing mm. your main unit as you, as you go into the thing. Like, again, we have a situation or it's, it's less so now, but we had to do it quite a bit earlier on, which is, you know, Rebecca would hang out with her family and, and I would get super annoyed 
because she becomes this like other person. She basically becomes a member of that family. And that is challenging for me until I finally realized like, Oh, this is kind of how it goes. Mm -hmm. Like, um, and it, it used to be because she would go back East and she'd come back and she'd act like a 16 year old girl for 10 days when she got back. And I would be like, Oh, okay. Now I'm not going to get mad about that. I'm just going to be like, sometimes you go, okay, yeah, this is one of those periods where you get sort of like wound up about the family. And that means I got to wind down a little bit and actually be your safe place because they make yeah. you crazy or they make you other. And, but I'm going to be here when it's over. And so I think, I think, what are we saying? Ultimately we're saying, take care of yourself. Yep. Take care of your partner. Um, and even if you have to do that by slowing down a little bit, instead of trying to be so being all things to all people. Right. And you um, are the best. You are the expert on you. You already know how you feel in these situations. Like Zach is the expert when he knows what it's going to be like to go to a holiday party where he doesn't know anybody, you know, what's up, but take that information, share it with your partner, talk about yeah. how you can align on what do we do. What's the game plan? And then that way go in prepared turn yeah. on her grace meter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Let's, let's land this plane. Happy holidays to everyone. I think this is the last episode that'll come out. Uh, yeah, this is our last live episode. Then, uh, between Christmas and New Year's, we're going to play that interview that you did with your sex school friend. Um, sex Anthony school Bogart. friend, uh, the guy you researched, sorry. Yeah. Anthony Bogart. <laughs> Research on asexuality. If you're um, and then we're, we pick up in the new year. we got a couple of, we've got a handful of really cool interviews lined up. Um, yeah. and, but mostly we'll say, you know, Merry Christmas, happy holidays, happy new year. Yeah. We um, already passed Hanukkah. We passed Annika. Yeah. All the stuff. Happy, happy, Mary. Happy, Mary. All this stuff. <laughs> all right. Adios. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Um, gosh, so much is going on. I hope that you had some value from this. If you don't listen to our episodes with your partner um, on that long road trip where you're going to the in-laws house, maybe just turn it on. See, see what they think about listening to a podcast talking about relationships and hopefully it can spur on some interesting conversation. Um, as Zach mentioned, this is a peak where people start to unearth things and recognize that it might be helpful to have a third party. Um, just so you know, so number one, you can work with Zach or myself. And you can find more information out on our website at marriagetherapyradio.com of how to work with us. But another resource, if you are anywhere in the world, is to go to trybetterhelp.com forward slash MTR. And that gives you a discount. But that is for a whole slew of support uh, therapists in your area that you can reach out to and communicate in whatever way is most comfortable with you, whether it be over the phone, through text message, email, or video conferencing. Um, we are happy to partner with BetterHelp and believe in the process of giving you therapists in your area. Thanks for all of your time and attention, making your relationships better today than it was yesterday. Mm -hmm.